Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Usually we tell you the stories of our church as we feature interviews with our members. This time around, we'll be following up with our pastors as they've been working through a Wednesday evening series, Speaking Truth in a Season of Uncertainty. And we'll talk more about that today. Of course, we'd like to invite you to join us for our live stream this weekend from Harvest Baptist Church. We begin Sunday morning, 1030 a.m. You can check out our website for more info on that, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This Sunday morning, we'll be speaking from Acts chapter 9, the story of Saul on the road to Damascus. Talk more about that today, too. Today on Harvest Time, let's begin by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. Yeah, I think this will be week number five that we're meeting live stream only. Yeah. And uh, although I, I guess we've gotten into a little bit of a routine, it still doesn't feel right. And we're anxious and eager for the time when we'll be, be, when we'll be, be, be able to be back together again with our church family. But we are thankful for the opportunity to connect live stream. Uh, even just this week, I've talked with multiple people that say there's at least a sense of people that I know and I can connect with uh, during that time at 1030. So if we would like to invite anybody that's listening to join us for that time. We'll be continuing in the series on the book of Acts and picking up, as you mentioned, Chris, in Acts chapter 9. You know how sometimes we have uh, experiences in life that when we go through them, we know that life will never be the same after that. I um, can think back on, you know, the moment that I met my wife, right? I, can, I know what happened then, uh, the birth of our first child, you know, and you just know life is changing. Uh, there's a guy named Saul in Acts chapter 9 who had an experience like that. Um, he was on a business trip. Actually, that, that might be selling it far short because he was persecuting the church. So this was a pretty intense trip on the road to Damascus. And God stopped him, and God met him there. And Saul's life was never the same after that. So there's some really interesting and I think helpful, hopeful um, ideas that we find in, in Saul's meeting with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And we'll start talking about that th- this week. It's likely that this will extend out a couple of weeks because it's a great story. It's filled with a lot of really important things. So we want to invite uh, anybody to join us uh, at 10.30 on Sunday for that service. As Chris mentioned, we're continuing on a series that we've been doing on Wednesday nights that I think has been really profitable and, and helpful and encouraging for people, where our pastors are just taking a number of topics that we thought were appropriate for this season as uh, you know we're experiencing globally this COVID-19 uh, pandemic and talking about some specific things that would be helpful and encouraging during this time. So this week, Pastor Larry Nagengast uh, had a topic that um, he wrote a blog on and then shared uh, last night or Wednesday night uh, about that. So we have him here with us. We're going to talk through that a little bit. Um, so welcome, Pastor Larry, back to uh, you know KHMG. I know you've been on here a lot of times. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here. Great to be with Chris and Pastor this morning. Hopefully we can be a help. Um, so Pastor Larry has been connected with Harvest and invested with Harvest for a long time. Uh, when, when did you first come out here, and how uh, many trips did you take oh over Oh, man, those years? I think six. Wow. I came out in 2008 and did in service and then came every other 
year to do either in-service or a family conference of some type until we moved in 2017. And uh, that's really so it, it, i was here probably six seven times before we moved my son was here in 2009 yep and he's been here all that time so we'd, we'd love it we love being here uh living in paradise and serving of the church it's been awesome uh, i'm so thankful for god allowing this to happen especially after you know 36 years in michigan with snow and all that. <laughs> so i'm i'm grateful yeah, it's great, and God's using your ministry in such a broad way. Pastor Larry's involved uh, as uh, very specifically with a lot of things, um, but uh, involved as the academic dean with HBBC, so very involved with our Bible college students, mentoring, discipling, teaching, um, does a lot of counseling, uh, marriage counseling, and just care counseling for people in the church, uh, has, has a great passion for young people. Um, individually does some teaching, uh, but really more than that, just cares for for students and young people, desire to see people, you know, give their lives to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm really mm -hmm. thankful for that, thankful for his impact on our pastoral team. And so I was so encouraged and challenged by the conversation uh, that uh, you brought to our church family. The title was In Times Like These, but sort of on the topic of security, right? Right. It's a man. This is such a difficult time for all of us, um, and we we don't have most of the time. We we're able to trust our health, our bank account, our government. I, I mean, there's a lot of things that church. There's a lot of things that we just go throughout day to day, and when all of them are are. Um, having a tough time making decisions it really makes you wonder okay what's happening and uh and that's why it's so important to have our security in the lord instead of instead of you know the church or the government or or your job or your you know your bank account so these are tested these mm -hmm. things are tested because you know i love the church but here we're not even able to to meet and and get that encouragement and so it's a really tough tough time for our security to be tested it really well so many things are changed i mean almost everything yeah. about our lives something has been impacted and that makes us a, uh we have a tendency to become uh you know insecure in sure. those kinds of times when things are changing, we're not sure what happens tomorrow. We look at our finances and, uh, you know, we're seeing <laughs> some dramatic effects immediately, yeah. but we don't really know what the future holds uh, for that as well. So I really appreciated you bringing us last night back to Matthew chapter 6 and then uh, really a number of other references, both in the blog post uh, that you gave and and uh, and then in the teaching last night. Um a couple things I thought were really interesting and helpful that I'd like to ask you about as we we're talking through them. You started off uh, by saying that earthly treasures don't last. Uh, they don't last now. They don't last for eternity. And then ask this question, where are your investments? Mm -hmm. what, what does that mean? I, you know, that, that's, that's a sobering passage when God tells you that everything you put uh, you save on earth is gonna is gonna go away, and the only way to have anything for eternity is to invest in heaven. And you so you ask, you know, what does that mean to invest in heaven? Well, you know, I I don't think it's that complicated. I I mean, it's just you spend your money and time in things that God. 
counts as important and as internal. And the only thing that is eternal that I know of on this earth is the souls of people. I mean, your house is going to go, your car is going to go, everything's going to go, and the only eternal thing we have is souls of people. So I think the, the direct uh, association is to, you know, let me take care of your material needs, as God says later in the passage, but you make sure you're investing in people because that's that's the eternal part of it. And that's a that's a real that's a good reminder. Um, I, and I do I, I give that illustration of going to countries and not having the currency that I had be of any value. Right. And yeah. it's I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad because it happened in Germany. They had printed totally new marks back in the in the eighties. Uh, and I had, I probably had $500 in, in marks. Well, they went did it away with it in March. And so I show up with $500 of old currency that was absolutely no good in May. <laughs> I was so mad. And I, but I thought as I was thinking about that, I wonder how many people, you know, are, are putting nothing in eternity and, and they're, they're, you know, what they think they have, they don't. And, uh, and, and the Lord, you know, that, he reminds us of that in that passage. A lot of people have watched their investments and their portfolios, you know, drop significantly, even over the last uh, few weeks, and, and unsure of what the future holds for that. Um, in fact, I thought that'd be an interesting question to ask you. I mean, it's not wrong to save, right? I mean, what's the Bible have to say about oh, that? Oh, I, I think Jesus uses, I, I think, many parables to tell us how important it is to be a good steward of how God blesses you, to invest, to prepare. I, I think tithing is taught. I think provision for a family by a father is taught. I think working hard and and saving and spending wisely, I think all of those are great Bible principles. But I think a lot of times, and I know this is the way I am, a lot of times I save money and I invest money for my own comfort. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and, and you know, Americans work hard to get enough money so they can be comfortable and they can control certain things, uh, what they like. And, and it's when times like this come in that, that, that DNA that we all possess is really challenged because now I may not be able to retire when I, when I wanted to, but then you have to ask, okay, God, Maybe you don't want me to retire. And and really, at the end of the day, you say you have to say, Lord, this is your money. This was your money when I made it. This is your money when I invested it. This is still your money. And if you want me to start over, I mean, this is Job. I mean, really, if you want me to work longer, if you want me to mm. start over. And then the challenge is, okay, maybe, maybe me collecting all this money so I can be comfortable Maybe I need to be challenged about what am I, what is this, maybe I should be investing in people before that. So there's a lot of challenging questions in, right. in that whole retirement mindset. And I, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to hurt or offend anybody that, that is planning, you know, I'm 65, I don't want to retire, all those things. You know, you, God's given us a free will to do that. But we have to be so careful that our comfort and our control is not the priority of our life. We have to look at God, what do you have me to do here? And should I be investing in people 
more than my, you know, comfort, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I was talking to somebody recently. They were telling me how these prudent investments they were making and the obedience that they felt they were showing. And I, I said, those things are fantastic. Don't rely on mm-hmm. your prudence. Don't rely on your obedience. Don't rely on your diligence. Don't rely on your forethought. Uh, you got to rely on God because those things, as hard as you work, mm-hmm. those things can be taken Thank away. You, and you can have the wrong focus on those. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility for you to have the wrong focus. Whereas when you're focusing on, on God being the sufficiency mm-hmm. in your life, then you do all those things. You still do all those things. You're still diligent and prudent and smart about how you do things. But your reliance, your, your yeah. trust isn't in all those things. Yeah. Well, I think there's this idea, and Pastor Larry, you mentioned this in the article that you wrote, but that if we work hard enough in this life, then we're going to, we can expect to have these things. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think that relates to the comfort and control I think you called it your DNA, right? It's just kind of wired in us. That's what we want. That's what we seek after. I think it's so funny. I mean, you know, we work so hard to be independent from God. Uh, And God is at the same time working really hard to bring enough trial in our life so that we are dependent upon him. And and so it's... (laughs) We just should say, okay, God, I want to be dependent upon you right now. I don't, I, you know, and that, that's uh, that's the challenge. It really is. Yeah, I've I've thought about that often. I know in my own life, there have been specific seasons of life where God, I I just know so so intentionally pulls, you know, the legs out from the yeah. chair that I've been sitting in, so that I remember, yeah, you know, I I'm not relying on this chair. <laughs> Um, is God enough? We'll talk about that here in a minute, yeah. but uh, he definitely is pushing us to be dependent on him. And again, it doesn't mean that each of us have said this, that we're not supposed to plan, we're not supposed to be careful, we're not supposed to be good stewards, but the focus on reliance on God is so critical. Yeah. It's really interesting, and actually that kind of leads to something else that I thought was really interesting that you mentioned last night. Um, and and it's directly from the text in Matthew 6 too, but you mentioned that the things that we put our trust in reveals the conditions of our hearts. Yeah, I, I, I think when you go to bed and wake up with worry about money and, and material needs, instead of going to bed burdened for lost people and burdened for the cause of Christ and hurting people you know and when when the material possessions and needs occupy your mind and dominate your worry and fear more than the spiritual condition of a lost world that should tell us where our heart is and that's exactly i think what god is saying in this passage is that when you put all of your attention into comfort and convenience in this world instead of my kingdom and my righteousness in my heart, which is the lost condition of this world, which is people who are the only thing internal. I think that tells us where our heart is. And, and, and unfortunately, we, we are often worried about material needs and, 
and possessions more than the lost condition of the folks around us. Uh, I know I am. I, I have that problem, and I need to work at that. Mm-hmm. And Matthew 6 helps me with that. It gets my focus, that, that kind of whole focus illustration. It gets me back to, wait a minute, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And, and I don't often seek it first. I'm often seeking how can I be comfortable, how much money is enough, and who doesn't like to coast through life with everything being okay. Right. You know, there's always, um, in every struggle and every challenge that we have, it, it seems like there's always a gift wrapped up inside of it. I mean, God, mm-hmm. God has a purpose in all of these things. And um, so in this season of tremendous challenge and upheaval for all of us, I've been starting to think about what are the th- gifts that God is mm. giving us in here. And I, I wonder if one of them is connected with this idea. Um, th- the things that we uh, are you know, most significantly impacted in this situation are the things that are probably the biggest concerns for us. We're most concerned about our finances and we're most concerned about our health. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the two big issues for anybody, no matter what your situation is, whether you're in a very affluent culture or in a very you know, poor part mm-hmm. of the world, these two things are the things that dominate us, health and finances, security. And these are the things that feel like are most threatened right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and maybe the gift in here is God revealing exactly what you're talking about, Pastor Larry, God revealing Matthew chapter 6 and priorities and mm. values you know, for us. Yeah, I, I, we're not the first person to go through this. And you look at Job and his experience of losing all of his finances and then losing his health. And and you're you're reminded that the whole book of Job takes us on a journey through, you know, I've done everything right, and I lost this, and I lost this, and at the end of the story, Job says, "God, you are <laughs> enough for me." Now he said it at the beginning, which is what Satan accused him of of lying about. You know, Satan, the greatest liar, lying to to God about Job. The only reason he serves you is for what, because of what you've given him. Mm-hmm. And and then he takes it all, both his health and his and his money goes. And at the end of the story, the wonderful truth is now mine eye sees you. You are you are enough for me. And I think that's the wonderful hope we as believers have that if everything went tomorrow. I I could still hope that this isn't all there is. And I'm going to get a new body and the money that I save won't be any good anyway. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's I I think that ought to overwhelm the believer with a peace and a calmness that the gentile you know that the lost person could never never have. And I think that's where our opportunity comes of witness during this time is you know what's wrong with you people? You're okay with this? <laughs> I, 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 what choice do I have? Mm-hmm. You know, of course, but I have the Lord, and He's not leaving, and I think that's awesome. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's cool. I wanted to ask you about this, as you know, as you are getting to the end of this passage and talking about some ideas of, you know, that we're familiar with. Uh, Matthew six is talking about you know God cares for the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. If He cares about the birds and the flowers, don't you think he's going to care about mm-hmm. you? And towards the end, you mentioned a couple things about the fact that God knows what we need 
he wants to provide for us, and he he understands that. And then that brought you to sort of the conclusion of the text about our responsibility is to focus on God's kingdom and his righteousness. And I want to ask you about that. So what do you think that means practically, right? So if we can get past the worry and work on the trust, what's it mean to focus on these things? I, I think to care about the things that God cares about. Mm. I really think that that having the heart of, of God that and I, I went to that uh, second Chronicles passage because God is looking for people that trust in him to to bless them. And he says that if you seek me, if you trust me, if if what's important to me is important to you, I'm gonna take care of your material needs. I and 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 that's that's the faith part. Okay, because it's that's because you don't see that you mm-hmm. you just you right. <laughs> you you don't see you know you don't see a, a grocery store at the end of the yellow brick road right. that's waiting if you do if you stay on the path. It's a faith decision that, uh, like like Asa, you know the the site for him was to pay the money to Ben Hadad to protect them. That was the site. It was clear, mm-hmm. and but God was sent Han and I say. Asa, if you would have just had the faith to trust me, I would have taken care of everything. Mm-hmm. And I think these times, uh, the seeking first what God cares about is such a challenge for the believer because it's easier for us to seek health and, and money and wealth and provision for sure. I love the question that you brought to us right at the end that's i think summarizes i mean life it's maybe the big question of life but you ask this question really asking us to ask it is god enough mm. I, I love that there there's two passages that talk about the lord being your portions lamentation 3 and there's another one here in psalm 73 and and david is uh, in psalm 73 he's grousing a little bit at the beginning mm. of um of the chapter about the rich and the prideful, or the wicked having money and opportunity and all that. And then in verse 17, the whole psalm changes when he says, but th- until I went into the sanctuary of God, mm. then I understood their end. And in that passage, he closes that psalm with uh, a couple of wonderful verses. In verse 25, he says, Who have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart fails. Then they do. We, we struggle with this. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. All that word portion, you know, when you went to grandma's house and she gave you turkey and potatoes, she gave you a portion, right. which really was all you needed. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, and and that's what David's saying here. God is all I need. After I've seen all that the wicked have, I come at the end. I go to church and I see that. Wait a minute, God is all I need, and I think that's the big question. Of, of any of these losses that we face any time in life is, is at the end of the day, is God enough for you? That's an awesome place to leave us. What's the, give us the reference again. That's uh, Psalm 73, verse 26. Is God enough? It's a great challenge. Thank you for carefully teaching us scriptures, leading us to think biblically, and uh, guiding us to follow after Christ in this oh, area. Thanks. 
Praise the Lord. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, we want to invite you again to join us on our live stream this weekend from Harvest Baptist Church. We begin Sunday morning, 1030 a.m. You can check out our website for more info on that or go to our Facebook page. Uh, We're at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org, or we're hbcguam on Facebook. Acts 9 this week, uh, the story of Saul on the road to Damascus. Of course, hbcguam.org for more information about the church generally. And thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.